Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacy Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Yay, welcome. We are so excited to be with you tonight. Pumped. If you're new to Flyover Conservatives, our slogan is wake up, speak up, and show up. Mm-hmm. We all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. And what we've learned over these last couple of years, what we really need is 80 million of us mm-hmm. doing one thing every single day to save our own country. And that one thing is, involves waking up, speaking up, and showing up. Yes. Now, something we've been talking about, going back to shows with Mel Kay, uh, talking about... Uh, uh, Mockingbird Media talking about propaganda. Mm-hmm. You've you've noticed. And I think most people watching this, you probably noticed that there's a there's an agenda in every commercial on TV today, even based on how it's cast and how things are positioned. Every sitcom, every cartoon, anything that's allowed to be on a screen, there's a predetermined message that came from a think tank that you know is is being put None out there by to influence you know your your behaviors. It, it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating that you know uh, before uh, all the 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 pandemic stuff, how many pandemic movies there were. There was with Matt Damon and there was, you know, a bunch of, there was a series of those and and it went in, in, in books and there was movies about, and then it's like, lo and behold, they were forecasting, you know, it, it, that kind of happens quite a bit. And there's something else going on when, when Barack Obama left the white house, um, two very interesting things happen. He's the first president, uh, since Washington, George Washington to not leave Washington, Mm -hmm. DC, just kind of moved across the street and set up office and, uh, kind of, kind of stayed in the thick of things. Another one is, for a guy that's really never built anything or done anything, and it went from an entry level position, you know, in the government as a community organizer, short term senator, boom, president, he's one of the richest men in the world. He bought property at Martha's Vineyard, paid cash on the beach. Forget global I was warming. Say, and, based on what their beliefs are with global warming, what is he doing buying? What was it? Seventeen million dollars. Yeah, John Kerry. Like everybody that? that pitches global warming is building houses on the beach. So <laughs> like, I'm not sure no uh, what to make of it. Um, but 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 very wealthy man. Well, one of the sources of wealth he got was from a little company called Netflix. Mm. He and 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 Michelle Obama got a, a, a bonus of about sixty to sixty five million. There's an article from the Observer that's kind of what they guesstimate the contract 60 to is sixty five million. Now, not to act and not to write to be the producer. Now, when you go to the movies, there's usually a lot of, of producers involved. Sometimes the producer, you know it. There might be a few levels between them and the director, and they kind of help with the connections or maybe the location mm-hmm. or getting the rights to something. They kind of had some involvement in the overall directional flow of something. Well, Netflix has a new uh, series getting ready to start out that sounds pretty interesting. Oh, my gosh. When you hear it, it's like, oh, that's really going to be fascinating. Uh, we've been listening to an audiobook lately. We've referenced it before called One Second Later, but it's about mm-hmm. a you know an, an EMP that goes off and kind of how do people respond and what's the next mm-hmm. steps if and it's a fictional novel, but based on, you know, if the electricity, everything is kind of shut off. Well, this one, I don't know the source of it. Now you can pull up and watch their trailer mm-hmm. and stuff, but I can tell you two things. One, they're signaling that there's going to be a cyber attack. And um, in this movie, what it's about, and it's got Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Hawke. It's got, you know, A-list actors because all the best come out for, for B-Rock, Hussein Obama. But um, they're signaling there, there's going to be a problem with the electrical system and that they know the drama. How do we respond mm-hmm. to this? But they, they they can't help but work other agendas into it. And one thing I've seen since the day Barack Obama went into office, two thousand eight, is is that was the beginning of the most massive mm-hmm. cultural shift in in racial division, anti police, 
uh, uh, racial divide. Those are the two things I would say mm-hmm. signify Barack Obama's deal. Mm-hmm. Again, dropping a lot of bombs on foreign countries was was number one. Number two, racial, racial division. Divide. Number three, uh, destruction of the police and our inner cities mm-hmm. and communities. Well, there's a theme in that that translates into this. I just want to play you one clip from a tweet that came from James Woods. Yeah, so this is interesting. James, James Wood Woods. put out a tweet that says, the Obamas are two of the most influential people on the planet. Politics aside, you have to agree that their potential power to create good in the world is monumental. That's why seeing that power used to promote racial hatred is deeply disappointing. We're going to play this clip and you're going to see what he's talking about. Check this out. I'm asking for you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be dulled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. Trust shouldn't be given to anyone freely, especially white people. Mm. And you know, when you see those things, what does it put in your mind? You're like, well, if you're out and you're, your neighbors are different color, it's like, oh, I bet they don't like me. I bet they don't. And, and it's these seeds. Yep. You know, they, they put that, they, mm-hmm. they project that there's a bigger problem between people than there even really is. They interject that in every commercial, every different thing yep. is a way to get it. So anyway, I, I think we need to take them at their word that they're projecting cyber attacks. Mm-hmm. It lines up with what's happening in the news right now from China. Mm-hmm. I think I think Barack Hussein Obama would probably have a pretty good idea of what our vulnerabilities are, what would create the most drama uh, in our country during an election year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, of a forecast, so it's good to, good to be on the front end. This is what they're saying could come. And uh, I would encourage you, man, pray against this and don't let it increase any tensions mm-hmm. in our country when it comes to race relations and people getting along. Cause the more they so can have us important. fighting each other, the more craziness that they can get mm-hmm. away with up here. That's so true. You know, we've been talking a lot over the last few years about kind of what's going on in the economy. And we came across uh, kind of this financial mashup that kind of over the last three years shows us what's been happening and where we are today. And we wanted to share it with you guys tonight. Check this out. According to Bloomberg, foreign countries are increasingly using currency swaps to get the Chinese yuan, as you can see on your screens. It's quite shocking to see that the outstanding balance of yuan used by foreign central banks in just three years jumped from about $38 billion in 2020 to $120 billion yuan in the third quarter of this year. So it is clear that global central banks have used currency swaps with China to a record degree this year. I will remind you that Saudi Arabia has been selling its holdings of U.S. treasuries for months now. China's holdings of the U.S. Treasuries are at an all-time low as well. There is a separate video on my channel with the details. As you know, Saudi Arabia is very close to officially joining the BRICS bloc. Its membership is effective January 1st of 2024. So the latest step between Saudi Arabia and China is this bilateral local currency swap agreement that is signed by the country's central banks. This is big news that, in my personal opinion, shouldn't be underestimated because the world's top oil exporter, Saudi Arabia, just signed a deal with the world's top energy importer, China. Also, China is Saudi Arabia's biggest trade partner. It's absolutely clear that they're not going to use the U.S. dollar for crude oil transactions within the BRICS bloc countries. The petrodollar is actually a device invented by Kissinger and Nixon. 
The standard of living of all Americans can be traced back to here, the vast oil-rich deserts of Saudi Arabia. In the early 70s, after the Arab crisis happened with the oil embargoes, OPEC basically tripled the price of oil to the Western world. And at that time, America realized that they were vulnerable because they were importing about 70% of all the oil they consumed. To secure a reliable foreign source of oil, U.S. President Richard Nixon sent his Secretary of State and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger to Saudi Arabia for a secret meeting. The result was a pact that still stands to this day. If Saudi Arabia, which at the time was the world's largest producer of oil, would sell the oil in U.S. dollars, America would defend Saudi Arabia and make sure the House of Saud would stay in power. As a direct result of this U.S.-Saudi agreement, all other oil-producing nations also adopted the dollar as the de facto medium of exchange. Demand for it increased exponentially all over the world, and soon it had a new name, the petrodollar. Your currency is only as strong as the demand for it, just like anything else, the supply and demand. Why the petrodollar is important, it causes a demand for the U.S. dollar. A lot of Americans don't realize that over 70% of all the $100 bills in the world are actually outside of the U.S. There's more $100 bills in Russia than there are in America. This stockpile of U.S. dollars in countries around the world is because oil is bought and sold using the greenback. If oil starts trading in non-petrodollars, such as gold or a basket of currencies, or if China and Russia start trading in yuan and ruble rather than U.S. dollars, that demand isn't there. And the way of life for the average American will be done. It will be worse than the Great Depression. To date, anyone who's potentially threatened the status of the petrodollar hasn't fared well. Libyan strongman Muammar Gaddafi publicly pushed for a pan-African gold-backed currency that he would trade for Libya's oil. He was killed during a U.S.-backed revolution in 2011. And just a few short years before, Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein advocated selling oil for euros. At this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq. The U.S. invaded under the guise of looking for WMDs. Iraq did not have any weapons of mass destruction. And interestingly enough, after the Americans invaded, took over, put in their own government, the whole concept of selling oil in euros never surfaced again. Today, many countries resent the current petrodollar system and their leading spokesperson is none other than Russian President Vladimir Putin. Americans should be very worried about what Putin can do. There is a new Cold War going on. It is the colder war. That is exactly what's going on. And who's in the center of this push? Vladimir Putin. And the petrodollar is so crucial to the colder war. The only thing holding America right now at the top is the petrodollar. And let me make it very clear. If the petrodollar dies, so does America as a superpower.
A very significant event just happened, and nobody in the mainstream media reported on this. The digital yuan has been used for the first time ever to settle a crude oil transaction. This directly undermines not just the strength, but the entire existence of the petrodollar. The use of the yuan is a clear evidence that de-dollarization is not some conspiracy theory that should be dismissed. In December of last year, the president of China traveled to Saudi Arabia and met with the crown prince Mohammed bin Salman in Riyadh. This diplomatic trip was extremely important and, as many predicted, it would signal the beginning of the end to a petrodollar. The seven oil-producing nations of the Persian Gulf account for roughly 32% of global crude oil production. They have half of the world's proven crude oil reserves. The Chinese president proposed that the Persian Gulf nations start using the Shanghai Petroleum and Natural Gas Exchange for energy transactions. Following the end of the visit, it was announced that Saudi Arabia agreed to move away from only transacting crude oil sales in the U.S. dollar. MBS agreed to accept the yuan when selling energy resources to China. This, of course, was not announced in the Western media because it's a significant foreign policy fail. In essence, it means that the petrodollar's days are numbered. Number two economic advisor, Lael Brainerd, is a modern monetary theorist whose whole idea, as you mentioned, CBDC, is to roll out a CBDC, central bank digital currency, administered by the Federal Reserve. She ran point on FedNow, which just came out a few weeks ago. This is the uh, Federal Reserve's version of Venmo and Zella. It will replace all checks within a year. And she also, while working at the Fed, I think the Boston Fed, worked with MIT in development of another executive order that Biden signed at the behest of the BIS, Bank of International Settlement, by the way, the same group that reclassified gold, the world's only other tier one reserve asset next to U.S. dollars, also said every country in the world must have an operational central bank digital currency by 2025. That's Lil Brainerd's baby. So she wants to get rid of the banks, go modern monetary theory, and have a central bank digital currency. To understand it took almost 200 years, it took till 1974, to, to accumulate our first $450 billion. We've done it in 18 days. So something's got to change, John, no question about it. We're, we're heading off a cliff, and, and we're, we're, we got the pedal to the floor. Yeah, you know, I heard a statistic the other day that every minute we're adding $8 million to our debt. So by the time we're done with our podcast in 30 minutes, I think I think that, you know, that's... What, $240 million. $240 million. Now we're going to see a deflating economy, a recession, higher interest rates, difficulty paying off the debt, and bang, you don't own anything anymore. You rent, you, you Klaus Schwab. But sign on the dotted line, we'll make you whole. In other words, I believe they're trying to reset this system. So here's my big frustration. I mean, perhaps you, you've experienced the same thing. I talk to a lot of people as you do, and I share this stuff with them. And the CBDC, BRICS, the decline of the dollar, the collapse of the economy, forget recession, we're getting into a depression. And they look at me like I've got two heads on. You know, I got two heads. They're like, well, so what? That doesn't affect me. You know, I've been hearing about this debt for years and, oh, that'll just go away like it always does. And we'll get back to normal. Don't worry. Everything's fine. What did you say to those people? 
I mean, it's it's like we're this frog in that boiling pot of water, right? Before it's too late. Well, if you guys go out and buy the book, The Little Boy Who Cried Wolf, you'll see me on the cover, the new abridged version. I am there waving. <laughs> but remember, on the last page, the wolf comes. Our mutual good friend, Robert Kiyosaki, said something at, uh, to me in a conference that we were both at that really resonated with me. In fact, I've 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 hijacked it and said said this phrase more than just about any since, and that is people do not have the ability to get out of the way of what they don't see coming. And most people are reluctant to listen to this type of message because it speaks of anything but good times and prosperity. And that's why so few people ever succeed in investing because they don't see the big picture. They only move after they see it for themselves. And in this case, why so few people will be prepared because they are reluctant to believe that normalcy bias could ever change. But the clues are there. The crumbs are there. You don't have to be a PhD economist or be even particularly astute if you put together the clues. When you look at each and one of these pieces in and of themselves, yeah, they might be disturbing. Put them all together and then take a step back and say, wow, <laughs> yeah, I see that. And when I started this journey, John, I, I didn't start thinking that they were out to reset the system. I saw gold being reclassified and being repatriated by the central banks. It was very unusual. Then I see the central banks going on a massive, massive buying spree. Very unusual. Then I hear about the Belt Road Initiative. Wow, the U.S. isn't part of it. Largest infrastructure project ever. Then I see the BRICS. It was in 2021, the day we left Afghanistan, um, very unharmoniously, when Saudi Arabia signed a joint military cooperation agreement with Russia. That day was the end of the petrodollar because it has been our protection of the Saudi kingdom for 50 years that has given us that hegemony. That started it. And from that point forward, every action that, that the BRICS made, that Saudi Arabia made, that, that all of the countries associated with it have made, have told me this is absolutely where we're going. But when we saw the weaponizing of the dollar and the signing of an executive order that we're going green. We don't need you anymore, Saudi Arabia. It became very obvious. Well, we are doing this. So without further ado, please give a big hand to the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden. And... I've been asked to, uh, I've been asked to speak uh, about this year's topic. And Dr. Schwab, I'm flattered you'd ask me to keynote. Uh, there's an expression in my old neighborhood back in the United States. This may be above my pay grade. It's not above yours, though. You've written extensively on the topic that you've asked me to speak to. Mastering the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Many other countries, including Japan and Saudi Arabia, are getting rid of U.S. treasuries, too. Is that a coincidence? What is the truth? Well, the truth is that there are several important reasons why U.S. Treasuries look less attractive. The 10-year U.S. Treasury yield just hit 5% last week. Remember that bond yields and bond prices move in opposite direction. So a rising yield means that the demand for Treasury bonds is falling. When a central bank raises interest rates, U.S. Treasury bond yields increase. And then this, in turn, makes bond prices decline. With trillions of dollars worth of U.S. debt sitting on their books, there is truly no reason to hold on to it in this environment, which is why foreign countries are incentivized 
to sell in order to mitigate the risk of taking a loss in the near future. Foreign countries are aware that the United States economy is not what it used to be. So as an investor, this makes you really think twice whether the risk is worth the promise of a return in the future. When a government issues massive amounts of debt, it has to pay interest on it. As U.S. Treasury's yield increases, um, it means that the government has to be in a position to keep paying that interest to all of its bondholders. It cannot default. But the problem is the United States government has been running deficits every single quarter. So even though it can't print cash literally out of thin air only to devalue it more and more, as we know, it still needs to meet its obligations. A surge in interest expense is a red flag to foreign investors who believe that a 10-year or 30-year U.S. Treasury is just too risky to hold now. Nobody knows what will happen a year from now, maybe even two weeks from now, let alone a decade. This is one of the reasons why there is less demand for U.S. Treasuries. In 2022, the U.S. government spent 35% more to service its own debt than a year prior. Soon, it will surpass any other expense category, such as Medicare, Medicaid, or defense. The higher the federal funds rate is, the higher the yield is likely to become, meaning it will cost us exponentially more to carry our national debt. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget expects payments to triple to $1.4 trillion in eight years, in eight years, by 2032. By 2053, the interest payments are projected to surge to $5.4 trillion. So in three decades or sooner, just depending on how things go with the current geopolitical events, interest expense will consume 35% of the United States federal revenue. A far more important reason behind China selling its holdings of the U.S. Treasuries is the foreign policy of the United States. China and Brazil have completed their first bilateral trade using local currency. The move joins a host of other countries moving away from the U.S. dollar in a shift of the global economic balance. According to the Bank of China, the transaction marks a milestone in trade relations between Beijing and Brasilia after a deal was reached in April. The new process of using the Chinese yuan in exchange for the Brazilian real is set to open doors for companies to expand business. But we spoke to a pair of guests on the matter who suggest that other nations will continue to move away from the current global reserve currency. This is very promising and it's part of a trend that will that will continue. The global trading system, um, I think, has to become more independent of uh, U.S. policy. Which, which increasingly the U.S. dollar has become a kind of a, an instrument of, of that policy. The role of the U.S. dollar will continue to, to um, decline. Dollar dominance is uh, more and more clearly uh, an instrument of uh, neo-colonial uh, exploitation. Its role as a reserve currency is also going to decline. China has already agreements with almost 30 countries to do trade and investments without using the dollar. So I think this is one more chapter in in this uh, uh, the new trend of creating alternatives to the use of dollar, which we know is one of the biggest uh, weapons that United States has to keep their domination around the world. What's going to happen? What do you... I mean, how long can we keep this up, Andy? How long can people keep taking this piece of garbage here that we print at will? 
I don't think much longer at all. I mean, look, it, just in this year alone, the BRICS countries have offloaded $123 billion in U.S. treasuries. China Jeez. and Brazil and India, the United Arab Emirates, all of our, our, our supposed allies of the past, well, minus China, although we had a good relationship with them for a long time, they're dumping the bonds. And, and there are countries that are, are working very hard to strike deals with one another outside the dollar. And as we continue to print at a pace that is unsustainable, while rates are going higher, we are putting such strain on the entire system. The whole system's going to be dragged down, and maybe that's what they're intending to do. But maybe that's why, and it's not just the wealthiest traders in the world, that being the central banks, it's the most sophisticated and well-informed, continue to buy gold at a pace that the world has never seen over the last 18 months, more than they have ever seen. And every month, it's bigger than the last. They know what's coming. And this is a very big deal, and it must be done methodically, not too quick to cut off your nose despite your face. But there will come a point, and I call it logarithmic decay, little by little by little by little by little, then bang, all at once. It's like going over the falls. Well, we're seeing the little by little by little by little by little. Every interview that you and I have done, we've talked more about the little by little by little by little by little. Where are we in this logarithmic decay where we hit the falls? Don't know, but we will hit that. And I think that's what you're so good at showing people is the little by little by little by little. And when the all at once comes, when none of us know when it probably on a Sunday night, if you're not prepared, not just with gold and silver in every way, I think um, it, it's going to be a very, uh, let's call it a religious experience. And, and one that I don't think will be very pleasant for the majority of the people who don't see what's coming and therefore have not and cannot get out of the way. Last real last question, about 30 seconds. What's CBDC going to do when the Fed goes to the Fed coin? What happens then? Well, I think in order to get to the CBDC, you have to create an event. And that event could be the loss of the petrodollar and everyone dumping dollars, which creates hyperinflation as the dollars hit our shores and inflation goes straight up and interest rates go straight up to compensate, not controlled by the Fed, but by the market and everything collapses. But have no fear. Lil Brainerd and her central bank digital currency, the number two economic advisor to the U.S. White House, modern monetary theorist who, who ran point on Fed now and also worked with MIT in establishing the CBDC. Uh, I think you will create an event where people will beg for it because they will have watched the banking system implode. CBDCs will be the end of privacy and will be the ability for the Federal Reserve to create both monetary and fiscal policy right to the end user. And it's what they want, and it is coming. And the Bank of International Settlements said every country must have an operational one by 2025. It's coming. And I think that's another thing to be prepared for. Get out of the matrix. Own things that have no counterparty risk, like gold and silver. That's, That's why I own this. This is silver and gold. Because yeah, there'll come a time where they'll say, you got 90 days to turn this in. And if you don't, it's worthless. And right. now you get your new CBDC. When does that happen? Don't know. How does it happen? I don't know. But they will have an event that makes people want to take it. Because the majority of the people that I talk to and listen to you, they don't want to take it unless they have no choice. And that event, right. the banking system blowing up, everything blowing up here, will make you whole. Just sign on the dotted line. Of our currency. I'm talking about our currency being used throughout the world. 
You want it to remain. You want the dollar to remain the world's reserve currency. Well, I think it's bigger than losing any war. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't. Uh, look, we are already reverting to third world status in many ways. You look at our airports, you look at our terminals, you look at our filthy roads and broken roads and everything else. We're like a third world country. We have something that's very powerful, and that's our dollar all mm. over. Mm. But you take a look at what's happening to it now with other countries not using it. And you know China wants to replace it with mm-hmm. the yuan. Mm-hmm. And it was unthinkable with us unthinkable would never have happened now people are thinking about it that could happen BRICS nations have the oil they have their natural resources they don't have to put up with it and they're not going to put up with it and remember two-thirds of those hombres are not buddies not friends of this constitutional republic we have they're our enemies or rubbing up on our enemies where does money come from all this and so it's a foreign concept to most people but i mean you know, a dollar used to just be a promissory note. It was a promise that you could redeem that dollar for the equivalent in gold, right? That was what controlled and stabilized currencies. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. And since 1971, we haven't had that, right? A gold-backed currency. So now your currency is backed by nothing other than the credibility of the issuing government. So you have to ask yourself the question, do you trust the government? And if the right. answer is no, then why would you trust their currency? Because it's the same right. thing. I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets, except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. Now, what is this action, which is very technical, What does it mean for you? Let me lay to rest the bugaboo of what is called devaluation. If you want to buy a foreign car or take a trip abroad, market conditions may cause your dollar to buy slightly less. But if you are among the overwhelming majority of Americans who buy American-made products in America, your dollar will be worth just as much tomorrow as it is today. I don't save dollars. I don't save loonies, you know, the Canadian dollars. I don't save yen. I don't save, I don't save any of that stuff. I serve, I save hard. I do mean hard gold and silver. And I do own gold mines and silver mines. And the very simple reason is I just don't trust my government. Citibank announcing that it is now able to convert customers' deposits into digital blockchain-based tokens. Citi says that this isn't a service that you have to sign up for, even if you want to use it. There is nothing you need to do because it's already built into the payment settlement system. For now, Citi rolled out the pilot for its commercial customers only, but it may be safe to assume that since the system and the infrastructure are already in place, digital deposit tokens may soon be launched for non-business consumers. According to Bloomberg, JP Morgan is exploring private blockchain-based deposit tokens for payment settlement. In the case with large banks, the digital blockchain system is fully 100% controlled by the bank. So effectively, the bank would be able to dictate 
how, when, and where that cash can be used. Uh, a decline in the value of the dollar is necessary in order to uh, compensate for the fact that the U.S. economy will remain rather weak, will be a drag on the global economy. Uh, uh, China will emerge as the motor replacing the U.S. consumer. And, of course, it's a smaller motor because the Chinese economy is much smaller. So the world economy will have less of a motor. So it will move forward slower than it has in the last uh, 25 years. But China will be the engine driving it forward, and the U.S. will be actually a drag that's being pulled along through a gradual decline in the value of the dollar. So there would be a slow uh, um, decline in the value of the dollar, a managed uh, decline. And that would be the, the adjustment that it needs to be accomplished. Now the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, have announced plans to develop a new currency. Hey, Flyover family, we are in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the home of Thrive Time Show, Clay Clark, and I am here with the amazing Mr. James. We're going to be in Tulare, California this upcoming Friday and Saturday, December 15th and 16th. To get tickets, you text the word FLYOVER, F-L-Y-O-V-E-R, to 918-851-0102. If they do that, they're going to get a hold of you, is that correct? That's right. And I'm going to be giving out a backstage pass to one of the listeners to this video, too. Tell them you watched this video. Tell them you saw Colton shivering in the cold in Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> and uh, you want to come to this event, and they'll get you a backstage pass to meet Eric, Laura, Cash, Devin Nunez, Roger Stone, Peter Navarro, General Flynn will be there. 918-851-0102. Text the word FLYOVER. We'll see you guys in Tulare, California. a brand new sponsor for the Flyover Conservative Show, Heaven's Harvest. So exciting. We've been really excited about this partnership because for about two years now, our level of awareness has increased on things that can go wrong in the world. Not just the, the big major stuff, but ice storms in Texas and things that you know you don't plan on. And I guess a level of personal responsibility of like, hey, we have people that we care for that depend on us. And so we've been tiptoeing into it, but it's overwhelming. It's like, what do I do next? And so we've made little steps in that process, but we've been asking everyone we know, everyone we respect in this space, hey, who's a good supplier of things? Who has food Who has food that you would actually eat if you if you had to, that without eating styrofoam that you'd be gagging down if you lost a bet? You know, like, like real actual food that if you put it away for storage, that when it came time to do it, would be palatable. As well as, as heirloom seeds. You know, a lot of the seeds nowadays, you plant them, they're not, they're not, you can't reproduce with them. You know, they're, they've been uh, genetically modified and, and really messed up. So we've been asking people, we, we, yep. we, we really respect. Somebody we get a lot of advice from personally, we've made a lot of small moves in our life from is Seth Holhouse with Man in America. And, and uh, we kind of went off of his lead as well as some others. And so we are super excited about this partnership because they're willing to give a massive discount to the Flyover family. That's exactly right. When you go to heavensharvest.com and you use promo code FLYOVER, you get 10% off. What a great deal. We are so thankful and excited about this partnership.
there's always a couple of things happening. Uh, there's there's a constant shift with with a million factors involved that affect our money and the economy. True. And there's this tug of war with all of these global interests and locally. And then on top of that, you've got a million voices that have an agenda and they're pushing oh gosh, it. And, it, and it, so, so you're like, no, like this is crazy. And I don't have any good gauges to get it because you know, what, what have I got? So, uh, I don't know. I go at first-hand experience. There's a guy I've known for over 25 years. 25 years. He, that is a quarter of a century. He meets my requirement of having not one, but at least two PhDs. Two PhDs. Otherwise, if you don't have at least two PhDs, I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> and, but but above all that, he, he looks at the economy through the wisdom of, of God's word, and that's his moral compass that's predetermined long before the two PhDs. And uh, that's why I trust, above anybody else, He's the one and man. only, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Hey, so Stacy, twenty five years. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know how to take that. Either it means we have got a lot of life together in twenty five years, or you just said that we're getting old. That's a little bit of both. But in, in all honesty, we're aging and maturing because you look at the yes. craziness of today's world. You know, if even just right, if 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 this would have come along and the, the craziness of the world shifting from a dollar based economy, something everybody knows and trusts and use forever, to mm-hmm. central bank digital currencies mm-hmm. and all these different things and the bricks nail, like if all this was happening when you were like eighty five and you didn't have you know the gas in the tank to press the pedal and something happened, if this would have come along when you were you know right right out of school and you didn't have the the experience, experience like like mm-hmm. even even that number. Of, of your age and length of time in this space. Like you've thought about the economy, inflation, central banks, you've written papers mm-hmm. on it. You're, you're an author, you've written books on it. Like you have all of that behind you prepared for this moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if David's first thing was Goliath, not a, not a lion and a bear, like all of these things, I, I can't help, but, but feel like, like with you, uh, with Clay Clark, with, uh, you know, even, you know, like Zev Zelenko, you know, is, is now passed, but like all the, all of his life experience in this moment came and they were like ready, mm-hmm. you know, for it to, with the solution. And it's like, it, it, as dark as things are and all these plans, like God always puts somebody there. He's like, yeah, but watch this. I've got somebody. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just think you're uniquely prepared for this. I, I know again, your, your, your dad was a mentor of this. I know your mom and dad and everything that went into your, your, from a, from faith, everything that went into the, to you is really prepared you for this moment to break this down in an honest, ethical way that people can trust. Well, so true. I mean, when I was, when I was younger, somebody with gray hair told me that gray hair is a sign of wisdom, (laughs) right? So (laughs) yes, I agree now. And it's exactly what you said, right? It's life. It's that experience. And it's having been there, done that, um, making mistakes. You know, one of my mentors, um, I ask him, it's like, so what's the biggest mistake that you made? Right. I, sometimes we learn better from successful people's mistakes than we learn sure. from successful people's successes. Right. Yep. It's like, cause we don't want to go down that same road. And, you know, you, so as you go through life, you have those trials and the tribulations. And I was listening to a sermon by, by Graham Cook this weekend. And I love him. Oh, so, so talk about wisdom. Yep. Granted, He's, he's bald. Plus, with his accent, everything sounds about ten percent better just oh, because yeah. of his. He's got a great accent. His voice and accent. And anybody with a British accent is, is automatically cool. smarter in my book, just because yep. it's cool, right? But, but he said, you know, in any battle and any trial that you go through, look at it 
as you've already started from a point of victory because God is mm-hmm. in charge. And, and when you look at the end result as going to be a victory, well, then it makes the, the trial seem insignificant. It's like, all right, yeah. yeah, we're going through a trial right now, but there's going to be victory at the end, which automatically, if you know that you're going to lose at the end, it's like, oh, devastation. Why even, why even wake up tomorrow, right? But if you know there's going to be a victory at, as the end game, and every trial is insignificant in comparison because you know you're going to win. Well, that's how we have to look at this monetary stuff that we're looking at, the economy, yeah. our finances, our retirements. Like we, we, if we go it from the posture, God is speaking to us. He's going to give us wisdom, discernment, creativity, knowledge to get through this. Then you know what? We don't have to have a frown on our face yeah. because we know good. if we listen to those promptings of the Holy Spirit, well, then we're going to have a point of victory at the end. Mm-hmm. We, what James tells us, you know, the, in the book of James, that consider it pure joy when you when you experience trials yep. and tribulations. Mm-hmm. And it's like pure joy. It's like man. Well, why would he say that? Is because it goes on to say we are not complete without the trials in our lives, right? It's like okay. It's during those times when your roots grow deep and you really mm-hmm. start to understand where you came from and why you're here and all of that and how. The big thing is that faith that you have in, in Christ makes everything, why would, you, why would you fret? Why would you fear if you know that Jesus is in charge and we're going to have victory? So all of that to say, don't get distressed about the economy because you're watching this program for a reason right? Mm-hmm. It's to hear about financial stuff and how we can have victory in all of it. Because you read too many of the headlines, you're going to want to put your head in the sand and never come yeah. out, right? Yep. Like the, this one that I, I saw this morning before we recorded this, um, how somebody's got something wrong, right? Somebody has it wrong and <laughs> the guy is right. So, so the person who said this on, on CNBC, hedge fund manager, and he said, you can't, somebody's wrong. Is it the Fed or is it the economy, right? Well, I would say it's not the economy because it's bigger. So what we're seeing right now is a, uh, I would say it's a massive confirmation that we're heading into a massive recession, right? Because you're seeing oil come down and mm-hmm. you're seeing gold go up. So when you see oil come down, it's because there's no demand for it. That's a sign of a recession. You're seeing gold going up. It's because, mm-hmm. oh, there's a flight for quality. People are looking for something that's going to be safe. It's going to be accountable. It's going to have transparency. So that gold goes up during times of recession. Oil goes down because lack of usage during a time of recession. So what's that tell us? There's a recession coming, mm-hmm. right? And it's actually here. We've actually had one for quite some time. And and the people on the financial news say that it's coming. It's like, no, it's not coming. We're in it. Um, we're actually in a depression because when you look at what a recession actually is, it's just two quarters consecutively of declining output. <laughs> Good grief. We've had declining output since like March of 2020 during the height of COVID. Yep. And we yeah. haven't recovered from that, right? So, so yeah, we're in a recession. We're actually in a deep one. But here's where I think things are about to change and get squirrely, right? Because, uh, let's see, it was over the weekend um, that OPEC 
decided they're going to cut production of oil again um, because prices are coming down and the, the, the oil producing nations don't want to actually have their uh, profitability tampered mm. with, right? Mm. So, so what are they doing? They're cutting production. Low supply, high demand causes prices to go up. So they're cutting production. OPEC cutting oil production is no small thing because the OPEC oil producing nations are 40% of all global output of oil. So okay. if they cut production, prices are going to go up. It's like, oh my word, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so these two numbers, declining oil and rising gold, say a recession is coming or here. Okay. Right. But now if they cut production and oil prices go up, did that change anything about the recession, which is business, right? That's people spending money. That's, that's employers hiring more people. Well, no, it doesn't have anything to do with any of that. So what is about to happen is recession plus higher oil prices, which are coming. They didn't fix the recession by, by basically uh, cutting production. They're just increasing the price of oil because they want to make more money. So now we've got the late 70s, early 80s stagflation, higher prices, huge recession. That's what that's what the late 70s was all about from about 1977 until 83 was stagflation. Mm. That's what I'm referring to is higher prices plus declining business output, people, fewer people working, wages coming down, but prices going up. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. This is what every single politician in the world prays against happening. They do not want stagflation because it's always an ugly outcome. How Man, did in 2024 it? coming up with it being an election year, ooh, not looking so good. No, it's brutal. I mean, and you look at how Reagan got out of it in 1983. He jacked up interest rates to 18% to slow down that inflation that was caused by printing money like there was no tomorrow. Imagine a world, David and Stacy, where where we now have inflation at over fourteen percent unofficially. I mean, they're, they're not they're not described. They say inflation's like at three point eight. Hogwash. I mean, that's a bunch of baloney. It's it's way more than that. It's fourteen plus percent when you measure nineteen eighty type measurement mechanisms to today. We're at over fourteen percent. So. Interest rates have to go higher than that to slow down the stupid inflation. Well, this is what they're afraid of. So it's so different than we had in the early 80s because now we have debt up to our eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So the implications of raising interest rates up to the upper teens is going to be devastating this time. Absolutely devastating because we have so much debt. And this is where... I believe that when you look at the Bible for answers, like all of us should, it says a borrower is a slave to the lender. Don't be too much in debt. Mm. You've got the vision of, that was interpreted in, in the Old Testament of the seven fat cows followed by the seven lean cows. We had times of economic prosperity in this country where people should have saved up. They didn't. They amassed debt. Well, now to get out of that, that inflationary pressure, you're going to have to raise rates. People that have debt are going to feel the pinch. We're going into seven years of not necessarily famine, like they would call it in, in the Old Testament, but seven really lean economic years. And when you have debt, you're going to feel the pinch because the mechanism to get out of that, slowing that inflation down is to raise interest rates. And here's the thing. 
if people lived biblically centered lives, didn't carry any debt, I don't care if interest rates go to 30%. Doesn't really affect you if you have no debt, right? Mm. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's not the case in America. We're in debt up to our eyeballs. The rest of the world knows it. And this is why they're they're de-dollarizing the world, causing us to print like there's no tomorrow, which is going to cause interest rates to go up. These are the the dots that we can mm-hmm. connect right now. Not pretty dots. And you said it great. 2024, an election year. Um, when you have chaos and turbulence and turmoil and uncertainty during an election year, like look out below. Yeah. The mm-hmm. politicians are going to promise everything under the sun to get your vote because people are going to be hungry and they're going to be scared and they're going to be nervous and they'll give away their freedom. So like we've talked about a bajillion times on this show, this is what 2024 I yeah. believe is look like. And, and I, I, I just really want uh, flyer family. If you're listening to this, just get the information, find out what you need to do. Go to flyovergold.com. Just fill out a, a form on there mm-hmm. and then you can get in the queue to speak to Dr. Kirk or someone on his mm-hmm. team and they'll they'll kind of find out what's best for you. What are you trying to do? What's possible? There may be options for you that you don't even know are available and they can answer those things. Um, there's, there's a couple of pieces of information. There's also a PDF. There's a video, some stuff that you can watch when you go to flyovergold.com. It's just mm-hmm. a landing page to get you into his world or you can call 720-605-3900. The number's on the bottom of the screen. It's in the links below. But take that action now. Be aware. Even yes. if you think, I'm going to do something first of the year, reach out now. There's two things I read this weekend, Dr. Kirk, that kind of jumped out at me. One was uh, an, an article that was talking about, um, it's based on a TikTok that went out like a year ago. Uh, some guy in, in, in Idaho basically ordered a, like a double quarter pounder with cheese, a fries and a drink and something. It was like $16. And so it, it, it kind of got a few hundred thousand views then, I guess, but this article is talking about, it came back to life. Now there's this gap and Epic Times did an article on the same topic of, there, there's, there's this like, Talking about the economy is good. You know, people looking like, you know, uh, hedge fund people and the mutual mm-hmm. funds. Now, is this going? They look at the stock market and all of these indicators. But most of those indicators don't really impact the real people because people then go to the store and they're like, they say the economy is doing better, but my husband is working, but he's at a job that pays half of what he made before COVID. Mm. And so like our life's not the same. So his numbers aren't in that unemployment thing. And uh, we got paid on Friday and it's now Tuesday. And after we paid our mortgage, the gas and got a little bit of groceries, we have like $180 to make it to the next payday. Mm. And so they're like, my life is, it's hard to make ends meet for real people. So there's this gap between this like, high level economics and what people are experiencing. And I think that's this discrepancy. These guys keep yelling louder. Things are fine. And these guys are just crying louder saying we're not making it. And I don't, I don't think these people have any idea what these people are actually going through. And I say these people, I mean like real people that actually drive themselves to the grocery store and come home. Mm-hmm. They're not the, the the DC class that live inside the beltway. These are real humans that live in Denver and Kansas city and Des Moines, Iowa and Sioux Falls, South Dakota and wherever else. It's like that, that gap between the two is ir- it, it not even, it's impossible to reconcile it. It is. It is impossible to reconcile it, but sadly that group that you're just talking about, um, hardly being able to make ends meet. That's now most of America. Yeah. I mean, so the vast sad. majority of America is, is living in that space. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good space to live in. It creates strife. It creates relationship problems, sleep problems, 
all of that, mm-hmm. right? Which is what we try to help people do is get out of that place of fear and paralysis into something that's amazing and growing where you can thrive. And you were talking about in that article, you know, oil, gold, gold is actually going up and oil is going down. Um, and you talk a lot about silver being the investment for right now because it's undervalued. Is that correct? Versus even gold. Yeah. It's not that I dislike gold. I I love it. Um, but silver is outperforming, outperforming greatly. It's got supply chain disruptions, low inventory, high demand. So as gold goes up, silver is going to actually play catch up. Um, and that's why we actually allocate into silver right now. It's like if both of them are equally as safe, go into the one that's doing better. Happens to be silver. That mm. makes sense. Again, Flavor Family, go to flyovergold.com. Make sure you fill out your information or you can call 720-605-3900. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, it used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office, $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending, but we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to $75, if it goes to $100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. Let's go to flyovergold.com, get an appointment to talk with Dr. Kirk, someone on his team. You'll be super glad you did. They are the nicest people in the world. There's probably uh, options available to you that you don't even know about. So have the conversation. It's free. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We bless you. We bless you to realize you were born for such a time as this. We bless you to realize your future is brighter than your past. And we bless you to wake up, speak up, and show up. Guys, make it a great night. We'll see you back next time. Peace out. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day.